0: Welcome to No Finish Line, a podcast with John O'Regan, sponsored by Great Outdoors Dublin.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of No Finish Line podcast featuring athlete interviews and discussion on running, training, travelling and adventure. And I'm your host, John O'Regan. This episode will be part two of the Jantastic journey where we are following ultra runner Jan Corcoran on her journey towards the 100km Anglo-Celtic plate in Boddington, England on May the 18th. When we last spoke to Jan, we focused on her running background and what actually brought her up to this point and we finished off by saying that Jan had an appointment with nutrition expert Sharon Madigan and Jan is going to tell us how she got on with Sharon and give us an update on some of her training. (music) John, welcome back.
0: Thanks for having me, John.
1: How did you come to know about Chara Madigan, first of all?
0: Um, well, I attended a workshop in Belfast there a couple of weeks back up on the Mary Peters track.
1: And that was the ultra-running development day as organised by Northern Ireland Athletics?
0: Yeah, I kind of felt like a bit of an imposter in there um, because obviously I don't run for Northern Ireland. But um, it was I was very grateful for them to invite me along um, and it was very kind of informative as well. So that was where I had first uh, met Sharon. Obviously, I'd, I'd heard about her as well a bit and obviously through Instagram and stuff like that. But I always kind of thought she was a bit out of my reach, that it was only elites that she t- looked after um, because obviously she, she works for Athletics Ireland and Sports Ireland um with all the elite athletes um for the Olympics um so when i got to see her there and kind of when we went through a workshop with her and she was kind of going through the I suppose, the pros and cons of people um, running um, or, as she would say, the the not normal kind of type runners who run uh, the ultra distance and how they may be damaging themselves. She wasn't saying that everybody is, but she was just saying it's just something that we should all be mindful of that could affect our performances as well and our overall health, because there's obviously a stigma out there sometimes about, oh, you can't have that burger because you're meant to be an athlete or you can't have that chocolate croissant because you're an athlete. Um, or things like that that you shouldn't be eating. So it's obviously all in, in moderation. Um, so I reached out to Sharon then afterwards because it was a big concern kind of for myself as well that was I getting the right nutrition and I wanted to make sure going into a race like this as well that I was giving myself the best chance that I could but not even just for this race just in general because obviously there's many things that are, are coming up as well that I wanted to make sure that I'm looking after my overall health. So when I reached out to Sharon she said absolutely that she would sit down with me and go through it. So I I've been keeping a a food diary um, of everything I've been eating, Um, an honest diary as well, going into to meeting her rather than just putting stuff down, saying, oh, this is what I eat every day when when I possibly wouldn't eat it. So I was just doing it as if I actually wasn't going to meet her and then documented everything from breakfast, lunch, dinners that I was able to show her and then see kind of what she would come back with to say whether it was good, bad or 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 not, Um, I had a feeling going into it that she was going to tell me that I don't eat enough because it's not only obviously from a nutritionist as well, but um, sometimes families say to me, with all that running you do, you're not hungry. Should you be eating this? Um, And I wouldn't really have such a big appetite um, as well. So that's probably not a good thing, Um, especially for after a run. If I come in, I possibly may not eat for two hours afterwards. And that's obviously not a good thing to be doing. While I might take my protein milk, um, I know that I should be having something else that's a little bit more substantial or forcing myself to have it and um, because that obviously aids with the recovery um, so sure enough when I showed her my diary um, there when I met her on Friday um, straight away she said to me yeah that that isn't a- a- enough um, that I need to be putting in a few more snacks.
1: Now what you mentioned there about not eating enough or sorry not eating for up to two hours after training it's known that training will suppress your appetite Immediately after training there is more of a demand for, for your nutrition than what it would be say at other times of the day and that is the time when you might not feel like eating. So I would always suggest myself that someone have a recovery drink ready especially for when they have finished a high intensity session which is mostly what you would do when you're up at the track. The track is the time when we do the hard work and then the other sessions you do are kind of bridging those together. So I take it that when you were doing up your diary that you also mentioned the times that you were eating because the timing of what you eat I think is as important as what you actually eat.
0: Yeah, and that's true. And that was something that I I didn't really think of per se. I used to always think, oh, don't eat too close to going out um, to do a training session because you'll feel sluggish or you'll feel sick. Where in actual fact, if I had adjust, adjusted my mindset to that and said, OK, well, if I'm going to go and do a training session on the track, it's whatever be hills or intervals, maybe have something at three o'clock or four o'clock, something small, just enough to get me through it. And then obviously have something then for ready straight away afterwards, whether it be a recovery drink and a protein bar or something like that, until I'm able to have a, a dinner. Um, so, yeah, it definitely, um, timing wise, of when you eat is very, very important, especially when you're going into the ultra distance as well, um, timing is key.
1: Now, I'm going to give a disclaimer here. I'm not a nutritionist, same for yourself. So what we're talking about now is, as it's based on what we do know from our own experience and your recent visit to Sharon and what she was talking about, a lot of it is specific to yourself. So although we're talking about nutrition, we're not giving out nutritional advice, maybe a few little tips, but we're not giving anybody advice.
0: Yeah, and, and that'd be true because like you can go online and you can download all these nutritional plans and um, like that's where I just advise people just to be very careful and make sure that um, you actually do speak to a nutritionist and a nutritionist that's for you. So there's no point in me going to say a, a normal nutritionist who has no sports background or no kind of inkling into any sports or known the type of activities that I'm doing because they would give me a completely different plan or advice to to say a sports nutritionist or someone who's used to doing alters and who's qualified in that so it's very important that when you do go that you're going to somebody as well that's qualified and that it's specific to you um, and that you don't just get a basic plan because no one plan fits everybody um, like what Sharon is advising me to do is completely different to maybe what she'd um, give to a boxer or a rower or somebody else like that as well so and that's kind of what you want that it's tailored for you and that um, it's obviously it's key then because it's built around the plan that you're doing and the sessions that you're doing.
1: And with the food diary is that something you always keep or was it specific to this visit to see Sharon?
0: No I wouldn't have kept it every day or all the time it was kind of just that I knew it was something when I got selected for Ireland and I said okay I definitely need to start looking now at my nutrition to make sure that I'm it's always been something that's in the back of my mind that I kept meaning to do, but just kept putting it onto the back foot. And then kind of meeting then at the Belfast track when we were going through the workshop and some of the things she was saying, I was like, "Yep, yeah, I don't do that. I don't do that. Um, oh, yeah, I have that issue or yeah, I have that issue that really made me go. Okay, this needs to be done because I want to look after my overall health. And in years to come, I still want to be able to compete and compete at a high level as well that I said, right, I'm going to start um, keeping a diary. And it was funny because maybe it was I knew it This was happening that I was coming into her, but two weeks prior to actually meeting her, I started the diary and um, maybe not as specific as writing every single thing down, but I was putting certain things down. And then after the workshop um, on a couple of weeks back, I kept a really detailed kind of from even down to just having a drink of water at a certain time and um, little things like that. Um, Or if I had a snack or if I had a, a biscuit at nine o'clock or something like that, I was completely honest because there was no point in me going into the meet with Sharon and then kind of just giving her a false plan, because then obviously information she's going to give me is not going to be correct um, because she's going off what I have told her. So it, it works both ways. I think it's like even with your coach, you have to be able to tell them, no, um, oh, I'm not feeling great today or uh, no, I found that session very hard because then things can be tweaked. Um, and I think that that's important, that uh, there's honesty both ways.
1: As you mentioned drinking water, do you drink much?
0: yes. Of water I do. I do I drink um yeah, a good bit of water a day all right. I probably one to two litres of water a day. But I'd also chuck in a, a zero tab as well, um for the electrolytes as well to, to keep it going, depending on sessions that I've had.
1: What's a zero tab?
0: So the high five zero tabs they are electrolyte tablets that um just help with i suppose um for hydration um so especially on hot days they they're they're great for that as well to just any salts that you're losing um they're I find them great, and it kind of adds a little bit of a flavor to to water as well if you if you wanted to um to just change it up a little bit. so I tend to have one of those tablets a day um and then maybe more on on hotter days.
1: And based on your recent performances, you haven't been getting it all wrong. So can you give us an idea of what way your daily diet was and what you will be having on training days?
0: Yeah, I suppose on training days, um, sometimes I would have, um, it could be porridge and granola or something like that for the morning time. Then at lunchtime, I might have a wrap or some soup. And then for dinner, um, I love pasta, so I'd have quite a lot of pasta or rice dishes. Um, But that was kind of it. I kind of got into the I only have three things a day which um, I suppose is the old school mentality of you eat three times a day, your breakfast, lunch and dinner, and you don't really have anything else afterwards. Maybe that night, if I had a cup of tea, I might have had um, one of Joe's protein balls or, or a protein bar or something like that. But still, when you, somebody was to look at that, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, you are eating right and you are eating well. But then if you chuck in all the running that I did, I may have just done a, a 30k run or something in the middle of that. Who's Joe? And um, so Joe Davey um, is a friend of mine who does nutritional bars and protein balls. And um, so she does stock me up all right um, to, to keep me going. So um, they're nice.
1: There's a little plug. Now you missed an opportunity there and I'm after bring it in. So, yeah,
0: thank you. Joe will be delighted for that. So uh, she does some, uh, I suppose, her power slices, uh, my favorite. She sends me a box of them. They don't last that long, though. <laughs> Have you any samples? No, they're all gone. So just (laughs) I'll have to get some more offer.
1: Right, okay. What changes have you made since you visited the sports nutritionist?
0: Um, I've started to eat more, and I've started. When I say eat more, it's not that I'm having four and five meals a day. It's just that I'm putting in some snacks in between. It so whether it be a handful of nuts or a protein bar or a bagel. a banana or something like that, but a bit more often. So, like I'd have my breakfast, and then maybe at ten o'clock I might have some nuts or a banana. Um, then I might turn around and I might have something at half ten or eleven o'clock. Um, like a little protein ball or or, or something like that. Um, so just kind of slowly starting to to increase it that I'm, I'm taking on a little bit more. Um, I kind of know now that Fridays are my peak days that because I'm going into a long run on the Saturday, that that's the day that I really need to be making sure that I'm fueling up. So it could be that I'd have um, two dinners um, like they don't have to be large dinners, kind of medium size um, and then having a a supper then later on, then that evening then as well. Um, And then practicing not running on empty all the time as well. Um, While that would have been something that I would have done quite a lot. probably more than I should have as well. So like I could have been doing four or five sessions in a week running on empty, which isn't good because I'm obviously burning into then my own muscle because there's not enough there for for me um, personally so that um, I'm not actually building building it back up again because I'm not eating enough to build it back up. And so people always have that, I suppose, that fear of that, oh, I can't have that. Like I would walk into like a coffee shop to meet some friends and they'd be having a piece of cake or Uh, Coffee, and I just have a coffee and maybe a small protein bar, but I or a protein ball even. Um, but I and I could look at a cross and go, no, I'm not going to have that because I'm I'm training. But in reality. I can have that because I'm actually going out and I'm probably going to be doing a, a 30 to 35k run the next day because I'm going to be burning it off anyway. Um, and I need the extra calories um, to be building it up to give me the energy that when I go into that session that I'm actually going to be able to to manage it as well.
1: Talking to you now, I'm actually wondering if going to see a sports nutritionist last year would have brought you to the sub-tree quicker. Like This is a lot of new information to me as well. And it makes perfect sense. So although I was thinking that your performance was down to a lack of endurance, it might have been just that you were running out of fuel. And that's something that I, I suppose, wasn't able to pick up on. So there's a lot of useful information after coming out of this one visit.
0: Yeah, and like even for me, even though deep down I kind of kept saying to myself, oh, I don't think I do eat enough. But yet I always just felt full. So I just said, well, what's the point in eating if I'm not hungry? Um, and but I wasn't thinking of the bigger picture that I was going into sessions. And albeit, yeah, I was doing the sessions and I was doing great. Um, or in some sessions I wasn't doing great. I probably could have been doing better um, than doing I was. Doing better, yeah that's, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, so like it's all right to do great, but you shouldn't have to settle at great You want to be the best that you can be. And if that means that you have that chocolate croissant or you have that protein bar or that bagel um, at nine o'clock at night, so what? You're the one that's going to be doing the big run the next day. And then you're all to look after yourself. You don't want to be causing yourself to have injuries as well um, or that um, you're causing yourself damage while you might look healthy on the outside, but you might not be healthy on the inside. So you don't know the overall long-term damage that you're doing to yourself on the inside. So I found that, yeah, it was definitely useful. And um, I'm looking forward to working now with Sharon um, over the next coming months or or, or however long to get me up. And then hopefully even start to see my times coming down a lot more than that as well.
1: You were probably eating enough for somebody who wasn't as active as you were. But as you start to increase the level of activity, that further increases your demands for more fuel and the fuel being the food.
0: Yeah, and that was one of the things that Sharon was saying to me. She was like, yeah, she said the two of us could come in and she could order just like a black coffee and then I could order um, like one of those funny lattes with all that extra stuff that they they put into it. And she said, that's all right for me to have that. But for her to have it um, or whoever else to have it who doesn't do any training, then that isn't okay for them to have that because they're not actually working um, to be able to burn it off where I'm burning it off because I'm actually out doing training for seven days of the week. So each day is important for me for building, obviously, a, a base. Um, I suppose banking it, having those calories banked for when I need them, because I suppose on race day, there's no point in going into the race and the bank is empty. And then when I need it, I'm wondering why it hasn't come um, because I'm not able to um, have anything in reserve. Um, so it's definitely all in moderation. And and it's definitely person-specific as well, depending on what your training is. So for each race, I'd be doing something different. Like the plan I'm doing now is for the ultramarathon. It could possibly be the exact same one that I'd use for a marathon. I wouldn't need to eat as much, I'd say, for 5Ks if I was just doing that. Um. So it's all built and it needs to be tailored for, I suppose, what it is that you're going to be doing.
1: Did you touch on race day nutrition or will that be further down the line?
0: Um, we touched slightly on it um, more for the hydration side, um, but it is something that we're going to discuss a bit further down, um, down the line as kind of things progress. Um, so I suppose the big one for me is is making sure that I'm getting enough into me prior to the race and um, enough carbohydrates into me before the race um, so that I'm not looking for it quicker than I should be and that I'm, I'm fueling it before I actually need it. So whether that be um, a high carb drink that I'm taking as I'm kind of with my breakfast um, to build up prior to the race and then obviously how much to be taken throughout the race as well. Because uh, there's a couple of different scenarios in the race is is that the day could be hot. So it's obviously you're going to be taking on more water. or are yeah, the what ifs. Yeah, the what ifs. At the moment the weather isn't uh, at that stage just yet, but it is in May, so there is a possibility that um that, that could happen. So you need to be prepared for that as well. There's no point in me going into a race and then thinking that um oh it's gonna be the same as Ireland because it, it possibly may not be. Um and that was like an example of that was when I was training for the London Marathon. and um, that I went into the race I trained all through the snow when the beast from the east came. Then I rock up in, in london and there's a heat wave so um and then that obviously had a knock-on effect because i was used to you know my training not drinking as much so when it came to the actual race day i thought oh sure i don't have to drink as much i didn't do that at home and then obviously by the time i'd realized that i should have taken on more it was too late so i don't want to get to that stage where it's too late i want to i'd rather be topped up rather than looking for it
1: they're what we call the known unknowns things you can't actually predict so we we don't know now what the weather's going to be like on today so you just have to be as prepared as you can for certain scenarios
0: yeah and and that's true and like you just don't know so you're better as opposed to bring those extra gels just in case as well or bring that extra drink with you just in case as well because uh, you don't want to be going as well like to a foreign country um, and then they don't have the protein milk that you always have so always come prepared with your own stuff as best you can obviously for airline regulations they don't allow you bring certain things but as best you can um, bring your own stuff so that you, you know that you have it so that you're not in a panic because you're going to be nervous going into races as it is. So you don't want to be in a panic that, oh, I've run out of gels. So I only brought three. I should have brought five. Um, so I always say, um, I always bring it just in case for the just in case.
1: And what you mentioned about topping up before you need it. I'd use an analogy there of a car. You were driving from here to Cork and you only had a quarter tank and you were passing a service station. You don't need petrol in the car because there's enough to keep going but there mightn't be enough to get you to the next service station. If you take a chance and continue on, you're going to run out of fuel and you won't have a means to actually fill up again. So you've got to make the judgment call there. Do I pull in and take in what I need to get me on the way?
0: Yeah and that's something that I've learned as I've gone on through all my running whether it be half marathon uh, marathon and especially in Dublin last year I was very specific that I knew every 10k I was going to take a gel whether I needed it or not and I did and that was it it was set in stone that's what I was doing um, where the year before that um, I might have I would have only taken them when oh I think I feel it and my legs are getting tired I'll take it now where now I'm starting to get very specific that right every 20 minutes or every 10k whatever it is that that's when i take it um and you, you suppose you have to be um, very disciplined Um, now when you're starting to get into these is that you are fueling your body right um and look it's trial and error I, I could do the exact same thing at the next marathon and it, it might not work as well so um you just have to to just go into these races and just and just hope that it, it does pay off
1: and with regards to jails I think that this is something that will have to be practiced during some of your longer training sessions when you're doing about race pace because your 100 kilometre race pace is going to be maybe a minute per kilometre slower than your marathon pace. With the slower pace, you're running more aerobically and you have less of a demand for some of that supplementary carbohydrate. So if you're not consuming it, it might cause uh, GI issues, the gastrointestinal issues. What do
0: you think of that? Yeah, and that's something that um, I suppose I'd be concerned about. And I'm definitely practicing because I don't want to go into the race day and then have these um, stomach issues. So I'm kind of going to alternate at a mix between um, a carbohydrate drink. And also a gel, because obviously for the hundred K, I'm going to be out there a lot longer than I would be, say, for a marathon where marathon I would have taken, say, four gels, so I'm not going to be taking like 10 to 20 gels um, during the hundred K because that'll just get a a bit sickening. So I'm going to try and alternate it up a bit. So have a drink maybe um, every 20 minutes or a gel and alternate it kind of that way. and then just practice that, obviously, in, in my long runs as well, that is my body able to take it? Um, and if it is, then then great, um, because obviously the pace is slower than, say, what I would normally be doing for a marathon. So it's definitely just I'm practicing in a long run what I'm going to be doing on race day.
1: And I think that's very important because one of the rules of racing is you don't try something new on race day that you haven't tried in training. And although you have taken gels during a race, this is a different race. This is over uh what's it two and a half times as long as your marathon or it's twice the different so it's twice the distance of your longest race so far so your energy demands will differ you because of the duration of the event you will need to be taking in some supplementary fuel but because of the intensity which is a hell of a lot lower the fueling that you might need could be a lot less than would be assumed what do you think of that
0: Yeah, and I agree um, completely at that, because I suppose when I first started even doing um, my marathon training, even back to the the first time, I would have been only half heartedly taking a gel um, or I would have been taking them on my slow runs rather than my race pace runs. And so then when it came to the race pace and I was actually doing it at at that race pace, and I started to take a gel, my stomach started to get upset. But that was because my body didn't know what was happening. It was like, oh, she's going too fast here. And now something has been put in um, and didn't know how to react to it. So because obviously the hundred K is going to be at a slower pace because obviously the distance, um, I need to train my body to go, okay, I'm not going and doing my my 350 pace anymore. I've slowed it down a bit. Um, and can the body react to it? Just because it can cope with it at a fast pace doesn't mean it can cope with it at a slower pace either. So I need to obviously to train it, um, my stomach to be able to react to that as well.
1: Can you remember how you felt going into your first marathon?
0: I was so nervous. Very, very nervous going into it because I suppose it was the unknown. It was not known. I didn't even do a a course recce of it. Um, I just rocked up to the start line um, and said, right, this is it. What will be will be. And yeah, I was extremely nervous. I even remember I don't even think we even really took gels. I think it was like we had little I think thought we were nearly going for a little picnic. We had little sweets in our in our little pouches. We had uh, little snack bars or Mar, mini Mars bars uh, and stuff like that. And these would be stuff that I would never eat. And here I am rocking up to a marathon with stuff that I'd never eat. And maybe the, I think one or two odd gels that somebody had said, oh, you have to take these. So I just took them because they were telling me I had to take them. Um, but not really kind of paying much attention going into it that uh, god these could have a, a serious reaction on my stomach thankfully they didn't um and i didn't eat them all Um thankfully as well <laughs> so my friend amy did that and said she had she ate them all uh, and when she got caught out by uh, jerry duffy stuffing a mars bar into her into her mouth, her one of her idols when we were running around um so uh, yeah oh it's completely changed now uh, to to my first marathon
1: and how do you feel going into the 100k
0: Nervous, I have to say. I am nervous but excited at the same time. I think uh, the fact as well that I'm there representing Ireland, it's such an honour that obviously I don't want to to let the country down and I don't want to let uh, my coach and um, my clubmates down as well um, because they're obviously part of this journey with me, um, putting in a lot of work. Um, So... If I said I wasn't uh, nervous, I'd be be lying. I suppose it's the unknown again going into it. Um, But I know I can do it as well. Um, Mentally, I feel like I'm getting stronger um, and the training sessions that I'm doing and the people I'm surrounding myself with um, as well, I suppose, like minded people um, is definitely a help. Um, And then that then just hopefully on the day training has been going well. So I'm hoping that on the day it'll also um, come back um, in twofold, like kind of Dublin last year.
1: I was just about to ask you that. How's your training going so far? So are you happy enough now at the moment?
0: Yeah, I am happy. I'm getting used to jumping from the six days to seven days. Uh, I feel like all I do now is run and uh, work. Um, running I enjoy more than work but um, yeah no I'm enjoying it apart from the weather the weather hasn't been great for us Uh, obviously a lot of resistance training with the wind Um, but at the start I suppose when that happened um, I was getting really annoyed going into the sessions I was like oh here's another windy day but on the opposite side of that I suppose it's probably a good thing because it's building it that when I'm running on a day that isn't windy um, I feel stronger um and it's kind of it's helping me as well so clocking up i suppose over a hundred k now every every week um and feeling strong um going into the sessions as well and and I do look forward to to going into the next session um as well and I like the variety so we, there's a different kind of variety of of what my training is as well it's not the same thing, and then obviously there's a lot of communication back and forth with my coach then as well he, I'll be checking in with him every day saying oh this went well or I wasn't feeling great or the body is tired what will I do and um, so even though I have a plan that may be a week or two weeks out it's constantly changing because it goes on how I feel um, throughout those sessions as well which is great so
1: and we'll touch on training a bit more in the next podcast but just as you mentioned there going from six days to seven days week training some of those training days are actually quite easy so Although it sounds like you're doing a lot more, we have it structured in such a way that you are still allowing time for recovery and if time off is needed, it's done without question.
0: Yeah, and and that's true as well, because um, I suppose everyone thinks and they see, they go, God, she's running again, she's running again. But yeah, there are sessions where they are very easy um, and which is nice. Um, Sometimes the recovery runs, I'm getting used to doing them at a really slower pace, uh, which is new to me, um, where I feel like I should be running faster. But this is where I need to start getting a lot more disciplined is, is that it's not just about that session, it could be about the next day's session. So if I burn out on a recovery run, um, that's not going to do me any favors going into the next session as well. Like, for example, on Friday, I woke up and physically felt fine, but mentally I was drained. I just had nothing in me to to get up and to go for a run. Um, and I knew I had a lot on on that Friday as well. So I was trying to figure out, oh, God, if I went later, could I squeeze it in? Um, but I texted my coach and I said, look, this is how I'm feeling. What do you think? And we took it as a rest day um, and that was good at the start. I felt guilty because I was doing it. But then thankfully, then when I went into the next day's session, I was fresh and I was ready to go and I was hitting the paces that um, I should have been hitting as well. And if I'd have forced myself maybe to go that Friday, maybe the Saturday's run wouldn't have went a- as well. Um, so I suppose that that was probably my body's way of telling me to um, to, to slow down and you need a rest um, from doing obviously everything we were doing. and it wasn't as if I was sitting around lazy and watching Netflix all day. I was still busy um, but just wasn't running.
1: And that's the way to do it. The training has to fit around you as much as you fit around the training. And if you feel you need a step back or a day off, that's what you do. Tomorrow's training session, as you've just proved, is only as good as today's recovery. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and like you do, you do have to like. I know for running, I do make a lot of sacrifices. Um, I try and fit everything around kind of my training. I try and keep everybody happy as well, but I do have to have a life as well around it. Um, and that's what's great about the plan that I have. It is structured in a way that I can still have a life and and do it. Like I'm not an elite runner. I don't get the, the privilege of just getting up in the morning, going for a run, coming back, having a nap, then getting up and maybe going to the gym or or running again that evening i do have a job as well and have a family that um, obviously need to be fitting in around that as well Um so it's just trying to make it all work together and gel together
1: do you have any races planned between now and the anglo-celtic glade
0: there is the great ireland run the 10k in the phoenix park um the first weekend in april um, so I know that's a it's a lot shorter than possibly what I, I'm doing, but we feel that possibly that could be a good indicator to get a good, I suppose, run out and kind of to see how the body reacts to doing a a shorter distance um, at a much faster pace as well and kind of just maybe a good indicator um, as to, to where my training has brought me as well. Now obviously that can be subject to change, it just depends on uh, each day as, as my training goes on, but that's a plan in there um, and then also the Limerick Marathon, um, there's an opportunity of doing that one as well um, which is kind of in the plan um, but obviously as well that's subject to change too, but These will all be worked towards and that is the goal to do those. And then obviously we'll see then what happens when we'll have targets in place.
1: And they're races of lesser importance. So you won't be tapering going into them. You'll be training through them. We'll be looking for them as performance indicators rather than you getting a result out of them. And also it's a good idea to have something sociable like that to make the journey a little bit more interesting and keep you mentally awake and looking forward to the training
0: yeah and I suppose because a lot of my runs especially at the weekend they're they're quite long as well so not everybody in the club is tr- is training towards something um, especially of that distance so like nobody is going to be out running four hours like myself um, apart- just one of my or two of my other club mates are also in the, the 100k as well Um so and then they obviously have families too so it's the three of us trying to, to work it around and then um, um, the club have been really, uh, really good as well. I have a good running buddy, Stevie. He comes out quite a bit with me as well and um, jumps in to keep me company, whether I'm on the track. I could be doing 30K and he might just join me for 15 or 20. And um, so we do have a good group there that will jump in and out uh, and, and help out as well, which is great because even if they're not running at your pace, just to know that there's somebody there um, and that's why it is nice having the races kind of in plan um, because it does it kind of gives you that mental break of having to go out and do a long run say on your own um, so it is nice to, to have somebody there.
1: And you use a Garmin watch and we have some of your sessions pre-programmed into that so in days when you haven't got your training partners you have the watches company Yeah. as that's telling you what to do and when to do it rather than you having to measure the distance in your head. So do you find that an advantage?
0: I find a huge advantage because it's great that I can just set it up, that I can program it for... Like, a, like even, for example, Saturday session, um, it was a kind of it was a mix of different paces um, and different lengths of time. So it was a nine minutes um, at a race pace. Then I would have had five minutes at marathon pace and then I would have had one minute at a tempo pace now if, and I had to do that ten times. So if you can imagine having to try and calculate that every time your brain is just going to eventually just switch off as you're going through the session, as you're getting more tired. So it's great having the watch there that beeps you to say okay you're into the next set and you're into the next set uh, and I'll obviously counts them down as well for you um so that you're not either doing less or more than you should actually do so yeah i find the the garment is a great um tool to to have with me as well
1: right that has me thinking that maybe we'll do a future podcast as part of your journey on how you use your watch to monitor your training and then measure what you have done and how we use it between ourselves for predicting what you're going to do and I also look at your Garmin Connect to see the sessions that you've done so I don't always have to be actually talking to you I can still keep an eye on you sometimes I only need to say something if it needs to be said if everything is going okay there's there's no point in me just annoying you
0: yeah, and I think that it's good because as well, a lot of, say, the stats that would be on the, my Garmin, um, obviously I've gotten around to knowing a lot more about kind of what different functions are on it. But obviously you would know a lot more on it as well.
1: Well, that's how we picked up on your stride length that time in Limerick, that your stride length was getting less and less, even though your cadence was remaining the same. So that's what I picked up on the fact that you were starting to fatigue.
0: Yeah, and like these are good indicators that I would have never looked at before. So it is it's great for um, helping with the improvement, um, because if we didn't have my Garmin watch, I wouldn't be able to know that and we wouldn't know what was going wrong or anything like that. So while technology sometimes can take over, it also has its advantages at the same time as well. And um, so and then it makes me that I don't have to think about it. I just go and I do the session and that's it. So you're, you're focused on what it is that you're doing. And then afterwards, then we can obviously sit down and, and analyse it and see what, what needs to be improved. And, and where we can go from that as well.
1: But before we finish up, is there anything you want to add?
0: No, just that um, if anybody wants to, to follow my journey um, that they can follow me on my Instagram, my Facebook or my Twitter account by searching for at Jantastic two. And I hope um, you're enjoying and you're finding these podcasts um, informative.
1: And we are using the hashtag JantasticJourney journey on Instagram as well. So if anybody wants to you know, do a search for that, and maybe we might have a Q&A at some stage. So if anybody wants to send you a message, we can deal with that now in a future podcast. Yeah. You might actually do a post up requesting questions.
0: Yeah, I can do up a post. And if anybody has any questions, um, feel free to throw it my way and, and I'll answer it as best as possible. As I say, I'm not an elite. This is all a learning curve as for me as it is for everything else. Um, but yeah, happy to to help, even if it's something mm-hmm. small Um I always like to feel that I can give something back to, to somebody else as well.
1: If you enjoyed this or any of the other podcasts, you might consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast or subscribing wherever you listen. And the next episode, we will focus a bit more on Jan's training and then we'll decide what we're going to do after that. Thanks.